parents, welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. Joel. Nat. All right. You got to meet Karen. So Karen is a full-time employee, as is her hubs. And she works in a very demanding job. She has changed jobs, so not this is a little less demanding, but okay. she still, you know, has to punch in and punch out and put in her required hours and figure out how to balance it all. And that's what we are talking about today is when you have a two-parent full-time household that doesn't have a lot of wiggle room. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm having... I'm, I'm feeling a little PTSD in my body right now because <laughs> it reminds me of when I worked in corporate. And, uh, you know, thank God for my corporate job because it allowed me to, you know, be able to afford life and not, you know, have to go live with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it was really hard. It was really hard. I had to go back to work at 10 weeks old because I had to take two weeks off before their birth because I just couldn't mm-hmm. do it anymore. And, uh, and then I went back at 10 weeks and, uh, it, it, it was, it was just the grind, the daily grind of the drop off and the driving to work and the getting there and just, and then the coming home. And then like, as soon as you get in the door, like, it's just madness. It's just like dealing with everything from dinner to bath to bottles, to uh, book time, to everything. And like, you feel like it's like beat the clock, mm-hmm. you know, because you're like, I'm trying to get them down at a good time. But like, I'm also trying to have sp- spend some time with my children who mm-hmm. I barely saw. And then there's the yeah. guilt from that. And the guilt of, you know, them being so little and, and feeling like, I mean, personally, I, I was ready to go back to work. I, personally don't think I was really meant to be a stay-at-home mom and that's okay um but there's still that like am I gonna regret this and you know it's like a constant like fight in your mind of yeah. you know I but I really want to be in an office and and contribute to society and have a part of me that's not all about my kids but at the same time I'm like eh, am I ruining their lives <laughs> so yeah. And then in the meantime, you're doing 5 million other things and scheduling doctor's appointments and, and God knows what, how, yeah. I don't know how I got it all done. I don't know how anybody gets it done. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's been but something it's that's so stressful. It's ridiculous. Having little it's, kids. It's tough. But people figure it out and you do yeah. what you have to do and you make it work. And that's exactly what Karen and I talk about today is the little ways that she alleviates you know, the the anxiety of it all. And, you know, I, I, I can't just stay home. I'm not, that's not in my personality. I always have to do something, unfortunately. So even though I did stay home for a while, if I think about it, I really had um, an outside of the home part-time job 
even when they were born because Johnny was in therapy so much that I was still out of the house. Mm -hmm. And so I always say like that was literally like, how was I ever going to go back to work when that was, I mean, if there was literally, we were traveling all over. Yeah. Take him to therapies. Okay. So we, any therapists we had, the, the therapists came to our house. Yeah, we had to unfortunately go and then he needed like a gym situation. So you couldn't have that in the apartment because we live in a tiny house. And then I'd have to take Anna with me and, you know, just kill the time with her while he was in session. So it was a lot. But the, I, I always had like a side hustle mm-hmm. because I have this weird like I need to workish. And it has nothing to do with money. Obviously, the money is nice. But for me, it's the I need to feel fulfilled by doing something outside of what I do with my kids. I just don't know. I still honestly, I don't think that I could do that. I do envy people who can, though. Oh, whether it's, you know, financially because they can and also because emotionally they can and they could get that that total fulfillment from just their kids yeah it makes me feel bad that i can't (laughs) so now you're you feel you're shaming yourself yeah not i feel bad that you oh i always do i always do that's how i live you know me i i'm always like you know what that is awesome you're you are a full-time mom and you are killing it yes i love this idea i wish that i could do that yeah Um, but it's just not my personality which is I fine. That's had... like, you know, the people that it's... can do it. It's like, you're awesome. I can't. I always had two jobs, though. You know that even like when I worked a regular full-time job, I always had like a side hustle of like Avon. <laughs> I, I didn't know, but I, I totally believe it. I had to. Literally, I would make, I would like be a creator, as they would call it, and like make random crafts and sell them in the street. No a joke. Maker. Yes, I was a maker and I still have that. You sold crafts in the street? What? Yeah. Like, I remember making things. Where? And my mom's like, this is so just randomly in like, in New York, you're allowed to sell crap in the street without a permit. It's an artist's like thing. Yeah. Is that true? Totally. Go look it up. You don't need a street permit to sell art, to sell art or like homemade things. If I'm going to sell sunglasses that I bought off a, that fell (laughs) off a truck, that's a different situation. But yeah, artists have like this weird past, which is why we have so many street artists. I didn't know. Because they're just allowed to be there. Yeah, yeah, I weird, think in Chicago you need to have a permit to do that. So you may not, Jewel. You I've may seen not. people that have them, so I'm pretty sure you do. For artists, yeah. You, I got to find out now because now I need to know if that's a city that I could go to when I'm, <laughs> you know, peddling my origami. No, but like you, like you need uh, a permit in order to do that kind of stuff. I don't think I don't you can. Think you need, I except for the Anna. bucket boys. I think the bucket boys get a pass. The boys that. They probably the need uh, uh, something and they just don't have it. I know. I think that's different. Just like, just give them money. They need the money. Well, everybody's got a little hustle on them. And I will tell you that although I like to self-shame, um, whatever I have, this like dysfunctional hustle piece, my kids have. <laughs> so now I could see in the teenage years how it has translated that my daughter sells her art at school for $5 if you want like a portrait or something. That's she awesome. also like on Discord sells uh, pieces of art. She's got some good stuff, but she's she's a little bizarre. And then Johnny was doing the traditional 
let me buy candy on sale at CVS and sell it in school until I get in trouble with the principal for having, uh, you know, let me open my raincoat and who wants (laughs) M&Ms? Word to the wise, don't sell to the dean's children. Oh, yeah. Rookie move. That's how his whole business went down. Oh, Johnny, you're killing me. I knew he was doing it, though. I had no problem. I was like, you want a, a business in school? Go for it. Yeah, just be be responsible. Don't sell one kid all the candy because that's not healthy. So <laughs> so now he's got to worry about the kids. Uh, yes, I think if you're, if you're going to be a business person, you should be responsible. You should have some responsibility. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Because what if like there was one kid that was like a diabetic and he's sneaking M&Ms at school and now we got to worry about it. These are th- things that I worry about by Natalie Diaz. <laughs> That's Thank another you. podcast. Yes, another day. Okay, well, we're going to talk to Karen Yay. and she's going to give us all the strategies that she's come up with. And I love the one thing that she that like stands out in my mind above all else is cooking, where it's the bane of some people's existence. Yes. It's her her joy. And I love how she's kept her joy (laughs) with raising children, with being, you know, an unbelievable partner, with being an unbelievable employee. So are you ready to meet Karen? Yes. All right. Here you go, guys. Here's Karen. Hey, friends, it's Julie, the Twiniversity Wizard, and I am here to tell you about a new class that we just released that I think you are really going to dig. It is called the Complete Baby Safety Course. Now, this course is on demand, which means that it's a series of videos that you could take on your own schedule at any time of the day or night. And you and your partner can watch it together. You could watch it separately. You could share it with grandma, your nanny. It's going to be great for the whole family. So what's included in the course? Infant, toddler, and child CPR. Infant, toddler, and child choking, also known as the Heimlich Maneuver. You're also going to learn first aid for uh, infants, toddlers, and children. Car seat safety for those ages as well. And child proofing, how you're going to get your house ready for when your babies start moving around, right? So the class is offered as a three-month access or a five-year access. I really feel like the five-year access is going to be phenomenal for you because you're going to be able to go back and watch it whenever you need to. You can come back every year on their birthday and watch it again uh, to refresh on CPR methods and to figure out like, oh no, we're moving from infant seats to convertible seats. How does that work? So for more information, visit twiniversity.com safety, and I hope you enjoy it. I got a great podcast today because this is a struggle that all parents of twins have. And today we are talking to Karen, who is a marketing and communications guru and works full-time. And her hubs, Jake, is a full-time facilities manager. And together, they have produced twins. Shocking. I know. You're like, what is a twin mom doing on this podcast? It's weird. But Karen has cracked the code on making two full-time jobs work when you have twins. So without further ado, Karen, thank you for taking your you time to be with us today. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I've been following Twiniversity for years now. So um, this is just a really exciting opportunity. Oh my gosh. Yay. Okay. So your twenties are almost three. So Jesse and Virginia love the names, by the way, I have to say. I like them a lot. They're very sweet. You don't see the name Virginia 
much anymore or Jesse, to be honest. No, we, I love traditional names. Um, so it's, uh, it was a no brainer for us. <laughs> I loved it. So how was your pregnancy? Did you go to term? Were they early? How, how did the early days work out? Yeah. So thankfully I had an amazing, um, physician and he fully believed he's like, Karen, we are going to do everything that we can to bring you to 38 weeks natural delivery. Um, we had some bumps in the road. Um, I ended up going to 36 and a half and then had to schedule a C-section because my daughter was breached and she was first. Okay. Um, so uh, but, and, and I had cholestasis. Mm. Um, so I, I, you might've talked to people who had it. It's a condition with the liver that causes, you know, toxicity to the pregnancy. And I was itchy all over. It was awful. Uh, but thankfully modern medicine and I got, I got some medication that helped a lot with it. And I was able to go to the 36 and a half weeks and they were born just perfect no NICU time. They were like six and a half each, um, six and a half pounds each. I know. So I'm like, dang, if I had gone to 38 weeks, how yes. big would you have been? Uh, so yeah, everything went, everything went great. Um, but I do love educating people on, you know, knowing what cholestasis is. It's not just itchy hands and feet. So mm -hmm. if anyone is experiencing those problems, call your doctor, call your doctor. And that's what I'll say about that. <laughs> Absolutely. We have quite a few articles on it on Twiniversity because people just think like, oh, they must have touched something or it was a, you know, environmental allergy. And so often it gets dismissed for a bit. And then sometimes it even comes up casually in a doctor's office. And then, you know, of course it raises some red flags. So that was, that's gotta be tough. Now, did you work full-time through your pregnancy? <laughs> I did. Um, so I actually had a work event. So while I was pregnant and in the first, um, you know, year and a half of their life, I actually worked in government. Um, and I had a work event the Monday of like the week of my Friday C-section. I think I worked up until that Tuesday and I had a work event and I told my coworkers, I said, look, I'm going to be sitting behind the registration desk and my feet are going to be up and I'm going to like direct you to what I need you to do because I, I'm not, I'm not walking around. I can't do it. <laughs> but I, I worked up until the Tuesday before <laughs> my C-section. Unbelievable. So how much time did you take off from work? It took about 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. All right. So you took your 10 weeks and then you jumped right back in. I did. And I won't lie. I experienced the fear and anxiety that most women do when they are in maternity leave and they're getting ready to come back. I was crying and I said, how am I going to do this? I'm scared. How do I leave them? How do I manage? And I vividly remember when I came back to my office, it was around four o'clock on my first day back at work. And I was mm -hmm. sitting in my office and I remember just <sighs> breathing and going, this day has been amazing. <laughs> I remember feeling like myself again. Yeah. And I just thought, why was I scared to come back to work? I needed this. And I, it was in that moment that I realized my personality and that I, I needed to go back. I, it makes me a better person. It makes me a better mom, you know, pretty type a, I, I just, I needed it. And it was just so refreshing. It helped me feel slightly less like a mom zombie mm -hmm. is what I call it. 
uh, I was probably a mom zombie for the first year of their life, but slightly less because I got to go back to work and have my own thing. And it was great. See, let's talk about that for a second, because there's people that are listening and they're like, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if it's going to be possible. When did you always know you were going to go back to work or was there ever like a question mark on, is this what we're going to do? I always said, I'm going to try it out. Um, Cause I, I loved the job that I had at the time. Um, and I always said like, I'm, I'm going to go back cause this is what we need to do for our family. Um, and then once I went back, you know, there might've been a few times where I thought to myself, well, maybe one day. And then now that I'm almost three years into working as a mom, I'm like, I'm going to be one of those people where I will retire mm-hmm. and then like go back to work. That's me too. I, I hear you. Listen, I, this uh, university was founded because I didn't want to go back to a traditional job. So it was a weird, like accidental little thing that happened. So I get it. I am also somebody that has to work, but if you, the listener are somebody that's like, Nope, I, I don't want it. There's literally nothing wrong with it. But today we are going to talk about the strategies of managing a two family full-time working household. So Karen, Thinking back to when you knew you were going to go back and you had kind of this, this start date, what were some of the things that you did to prep your twins, your family, your house, yourself? What did you do to get you up to that start date? Yeah. So obviously everyone is freaking out about childcare. That is the first thing. And I, I totally get it. We have had childcare hiccups and transitions and, Um, so that was kind of the first thing that we worked out. They ended up, um, staying with my parents for, I would say the first two months, just because they were only 10 weeks and they were born a little early and they were so small. And, um, my parents offered because they, they were very busy, but they said, look, like we're going to take a break on our schedules and we're going to watch them for the first two months before they go to the regular babysitter's house, which was such a huge blessing. Um, you know, I wanted everyone in the family to kind of be on the same page. Like, this Mm -hmm. is what's going to happen. This is my schedule. This is my husband's schedule. This is where I might need help. I mean, thankfully we have a really big family that lives in this area. I have my family, my husband has his family. They all kind of live in the same like 30, 40 mile radius. Um, And so the childcare was definitely something that I, that I stressed over, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it ended up working out um, and they, uh, were, my parents watched them. And then a friend of mine watched them for, um, you know, I think for almost the full, full year of their, uh, of their life. Um, and then they transitioned to more like formal daycares after that. Were they, were your, was your family and friends coming to your house to watch the twenties or were you I was bringing them, them to them? Yeah. So I had to make sure to have all like all the equipment. Mm-hmm. I had like four pack in place. <laughs> Just because when you have two kids, mm-hmm. you just, it, it's a lot of stuff. I just remember my back hurt a lot because it's just so much stuff to carry. I had two baby showers and it, it was, I mean, cause that's how much stuff you need yeah. as a working mom of twins, because you, you need like pack and plays to live at this person's house and mm-hmm. high chairs to live at this person's house. I mean, we had like quadruple of everything. (laughs) So, um, you know, definitely, and you don't have to spend a whole lot of money, 
you can buy things used, um, have those baby showers, especially if they're your first babies, even if they're not your first babies. Have, when, if that friend offers to throw you a baby shower, you say yes, and you don't feel bad about having one because yes. you're going to need all that stuff, girl. You're going to need it. You're going to need quadruple of everything, especially if you're going to different daycares, if people mm -hmm. will be watching them different days of the week. It is no fun on your back to carry all of the stuff that they're going to need yeah. to everybody's house. <laughs> now, when you were buying your stuff and getting your gear together, did breastfeeding play a role into this? And did you, did you, and did you have multiple pumps? Like how did that fit into the equation? Oh yeah. I mean, that was like half of the equipment. Uh, so I, I made a commitment to myself that, you know, I wanted to exclusively breastfeed. I had no idea how that was going to look. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I was going to accomplish it, but I made sure to be fully prepared. I listened to a lot of breastfeeding podcasts. I did a lot of um, research. I made sure to get connected with the lactation consultant that was through my pediatrician's office. Um, and my OB was super pro breastfeeding. And I was like, okay, I, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I had a pump that I got through um, my insurance. And then, you know, just miraculously, I had a friend with the exact same pump. She was like, hey, I'm done breastfeeding. Do you want it? So I had two. It was great. Um, and so one lived in my van. Um, and then the other one lived at work. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I took three breaks a day and I was very upfront with my coworkers and a lot of my coworkers were male and you just can't be shy about it because, yeah. okay, if they're married and have kids, you know, they probably know what's going on. So you don't have to be shy about it. They get it. And if they're single and no kids, you know, then you're the person to educate them. <laughs> You know, um, you know, thankfully all of my male coworkers, they had seen their wives go through it. And so when I said, Hey, I'm taking three pump breaks a day, or I need you to take this meeting because I kind of need to take care of my business. They were like hundred percent. You, you know, you do what you got to do. They were so wonderful. Um, just cause they understood the importance of it. And it was kind of like a, this is a non-negotiable. This is what I'm going to be doing. Um, I had to pump in my van a lot because I had kind of a mobile job where I was going all over the place. Okay. And there were a couple of times where I had to tell people like, I need to step out for a second because I need to take care of my business. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. You know, and I had, I had like a sheet and, um, you know, I always, I had all different kinds of like nursing bras and I, I spilled milk all over my van a couple of times. I came up with wacky ways to keep my milk cold when I forgot my ice packs. Um, McDonald's will hook you up with cups of ice, just saying. Really? <laughs> so you just had a cooler. So there was a cooler that was in the van full time, but was it like a hard-sided cooler or like a soft-sided cooler? Um, it was a soft-sided one. I didn't have to do it all the time. Most of the time I was in my office and I had a fridge and I would just put it in there. Um, it was the shared fridge. And I just told people like, this is my shelf, you know, so it's going to be there next to your salad. So just kind of deal with it. And like, they didn't care. Um, but yeah, there were a couple of times, well, several times a month where I would have to pump in my van. I just make sure to 
put all the ice packs in there and, you know, nothing works out perfectly. I definitely cried on the phone to a lactation consultant more than one time. Uh, but uh, we, we made it through and we actually, I pumped for 14 months and then I continued breastfeeding up until two years. Wow. So yeah. did you, did you ever have the babies to the tap in the morning and afternoon, or you were like literally a hundred percent exclusive pumping? No, I didn't exclusively pump. Um, I worked, I worked really, really hard with them, um, in their first, you know, few months of life to get that good latch. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to do both. Um, and so, you know, I, so I would breastfeed them in the morning, you know, send them off to, you know, daycare, family and friends houses. Um, and then when I picked them up, then I would breastfeed them and, you know, through the night. Um, and so they would only have bottles with their caregivers, um, which, uh, it worked out well. It took, it took a minute. Um, My, my mother really had to work with them to get them to take the bottle. Mm -hmm. Uh, But after a while they did, it did click with them. Okay. You know, you, you get the breast with mom and you get the bottle with other people and they, they got the hang of it. Now, when you were trying to figure out the logistics of all of this, one of the things that often happens is that sometimes moms feel very guilty about having to like overcomplicate this process that may seem so simple. Did you go through a period of guilt or were you just like, I, I'm, we're just going to pretend that's not happening. How did you deal with that kind of guilty? I should be home with them transition. Yeah, uh, I definitely did deal with that. But at the same time, I I knew that this is what I had to do for our family um, and that I needed it to kind of keep my sanity. Just, I know my personality type. And after that first day back at work, I was like, I need this, you know, and I, in order just for me personally, I was like, I need to be a good mom. And I feel like to be a good mom, I might need to have my own thing. Um, you know, growing up, my mom, you know, worked, um, you know, as, as I got older, she worked, um, you know, part-time, full-time. And I just remember seeing her as such an inspiration to me. Mm -hmm. She went to college and finished her bachelor's degree when I was in elementary school. And I remember going to her graduation as a fourth grader and being like, my mom is awesome. Like, look at her doing that. Um, and I wanted to be that for, for my kids. Uh, I still, I still want to be that for my kids. So it's just, I I dealt with the guilt, but I have seen many of my family members who are older than I am, you know, with older kids where Mm -hmm. they have always worked full time and their kids are amazing. They are beautiful, well-adjusted human Mm -hmm. beings. And, um, they, I believe they have a wonderful sense of hard work and determination because they've seen their parents do that. And I go, going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be all right. You know, I, so I have wonderful examples in my life. Um, so you just toss away the mom guilt yeah. because it does nothing but be toxic to you. A, a million percent, Karen, the funny part, it's like touching on what you just said, when people are considering the transition back into the workforce after having their babies, so many people do get this guilt. And so, yeah, we all know a million people that worked full-time after they had the babies, but there's always that one mom 
whether it's somebody that you knew in real life or somebody that you see on social that just makes you feel like such crap. And it's just hysterical because you could know a million people and know how great their kids are as adults. But that one mom, like in Utah with that clean kitchen, home with her 11 kids, homeschooling, they're still like, nobody has it all. Nobody has it all. Like, do not believe Instagram. Nobody has it all. Like that clean kitchen, she literally cleaned it for the photo, y'all. Truth. Like she did. And some things just have to be let go. So yes, there are things that you can say, this is a priority, Mm -hmm. but other things are going to fall by the wayside. My house was not clean for the first year of their life. I'll just say it. It wasn't, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, I didn't have a chance to cook wonderful meals every night. We, we, I had this rotating, um, like meal schedule during the first, you know, six months of their life where we basically ate the same stuff for like, for like six months. So it was, you know, microwave broccoli and some chicken sausage that, you know, you you threw in the microwave or yeah, we're going to have to order pizza. Just, you can't have it all. And that's okay Mm -hmm. because the internet is a lie. (laughs) And So just be okay with understanding that because you have kids, not just twins, because you have little kids Mm -hmm. and you are working full time, you can't have everything prioritize and tell your family what your priorities are so you can work towards it. And just know that sometimes things are just gonna, you can do it later when your kids are like in elementary school. Okay. Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know how many people remember if their house was messy, uh, even before under the teenage years, I don't think it's, it's an awareness thing that happens. It's, you just got to exist. And like the the chicken and this chicken sausage and broccoli just floors me because just have taking that off your plate each day and just realizing that food just literally has to fuel you for a moment. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, a well-balanced meal with, you know, a, a little plate with your carbs and your veggies and your starch and your meat. Like, it's just like, just get me, just fuel me up. You're a car going through the station. What are you shoving in your face? So yeah, it's nice to have a nice meal every now and then, but it doesn't have to be that. So, so many people get so stressed about, oh my gosh, I have to make dinner. No, you don't. You actually don't. You could literally go to Costco and buy ready-made meals or don't even think like HelloFresh and all that. That's too complicated. Just think like ready-made, pop it in the micro. Let's not eat. Who uses a pot? What for boiling an egg maybe at best? But just taking that off your plate as a full-time working parent is extraordinary. And I'm glad that you guys kind of came to that conclusion really quick. Mm-hmm. What were like that? What are some of the other kind of hacks that you developed, you know, as a couple? Because I, I imagine that, you know, Jake had some role to play in what his responsibilities were going to be because it should not all fall on you. And I think very unfairly a lot of times still within the United States, and I know we're not the only country that does this, it does fall on the mom. And somehow there's this whole concept that like when we go back to work, all those other tasks are still our responsibility, yet I can't quite understand why we're still living in 1942 in a lot of ways. So 
how did you and Jake work it out so that there was an actual like clear division of responsibilities and was there a discussion about it? Oh, yeah. I mean, even before we had the kids, we always just had a division of responsibility in the house. And honestly, when the kids came, it was like, if you see it, just do it. Just get it done. You know, we we had an assembly line of bottle washing every night because even though, you know, when they were with me, I breastfed them. You mm-hmm. still had all those bottles from the babysitter's house. Um, and you just, we just wrapped it all up into, you know, our end of the night routine. So we had to work together to, you know, put them to bed. Or if I exclusively put them to bed, he was doing the dishes and we would have this like assembly line of like wash and dry and put on the rack. And, oh, you know, we got a robot vacuum. Ooh, robot vacuum. I love that. I'm I'm just telling y'all, like, I'm not sponsored by Roomba or Shark or whatever, but you need to get one because, uh, yeah, yeah. I still don't have one. I don't know why. I don't know why. And even Julie, who's (laughs) going to be editing this podcast and listening and laughing, she, they call him DJ Roomba. I don't know if you ever saw that episode Mm -hmm. of Parks and Rec where they they hooked that up. So sometimes they'll even be like on a work meeting with her and it'll start attacking her. But yeah, I want to get into this robot vacuum situation very badly. So that was a great hack. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. My apologies. My gosh. I forgot to turn my phone off. I apologize, Karen. I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. So besides robot vacuums, what are some of the other little things too? Like, I love that. I love that was such an easy thing. And people are like, oh my gosh, it's $400. But how you have that now for three years. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Crazy. Well, and I will say it was a gift, but I will not hesitate to buy another one when this one dies. Cause it's kind of on the verge. Cause it's, it's been through the ringer. We have a very large hairy dog, so it, it helps. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a, for the first, you know, year to 18 months of their life, you're just kind of like in the survival mode of yeah. like, you just have to get it done. And Jake is wonderful. And he has the same mentality of like, let's just get it done. So there was, you know, sometimes there was a clear division of like, you do this and you do this. Like, obviously I was the Mm -hmm. only one who could feed our children. Um, so Jake did other things. Um, so yeah, definitely it was just the survival mentality of get it done, have the conversation of what chores need to be done this weekend. And, and it was pretty set in stone. Like if it's outside work, like you have to do it. Cause what am I going to do? Like, yeah, leave the kids, you know, so, um, those, that kind of division of responsibility, but just about communication between yeah. the two. Um, you know, every night we just kind of have, even now, you know, that now that they're sleeping through the night and they're almost three and, you know, things are pretty, you know, even, uh, you know, every night it's still kind of sitting down and having that powwow, like, how was your day? What do you need? You know, like our communication maybe wasn't that great today, or are you feeling it? That's just, it's just who we are. And we established that really early on in our relationship. So y'all, if you're pregnant, you need to establish that communication with your spouse of just being open, you know, every night after all the chaos and blah, sit down, even if it's like five minutes before you're literally about to pass out in your bed, have a conversation with your partner, you know, about how the day was, what their needs are, you know, what's happening tomorrow. How are you feeling? It's very important. 
Now, speaking of needs, how do you balance time for yourself? Because it is as, as parents, we get into this whirlwind and we just get stuck. You're stuck in it. And you're just, you know, work babies pumping, work babies pumping, you know, random eating, filling up the car with gas. Like, how do you pull yourself out of the vortex? Do you ever try to find time for yourself? And if you do, is it scheduled? Is it on the fly? How do you work that out for yourself? I'm a very scheduled person. <laughs> Um, so I usually try to schedule things in advance. I, I won't lie for the first like year and a half of their life. I just wasn't great at making time for myself. There were a few times where, you know, we planned to have the kids, you know, with a family member for an evening or we brought a baby, you know, we brought babysitters, you know, um, more than one <laughs> to help out with babies. We just didn't do it often because I was just, I was so committed to, you know, to breastfeeding them that, um, you know, I, it's just not as simple mm -hmm. as just like, here's the baby, here's the bottle, you know, it's a little more complicated. So I wasn't super great at making time for myself, but I almost kind of accepted it and like, but this, this is what I'm going to do for this period of time. And probably after like 18 months, um, you know, they're a little bit easier to take care of. You know, most people are more comfortable taking care of a toddler than like an, two toddlers and itty bitty mm -hmm. babies. Um, and so kind of after that point, you know, I started, you know, doing things off by myself and, um, you know, having, you know, girls nights with my sister-in-laws, um, you know, I recently started going back to the nail salon every other week. Um, so it, it gets, it gets better as they mm -hmm. get older. And I think I just knew that. And I was like, this is just the season in life. And I think that's just a good mentality to have when you have twins or just lots of little kids in general, it's a season. And sometimes I get overwhelmed. I called my mom the other day and was all upset about something. And she was like, Karen, it's a season. It's a season in life. It will pass. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of the mentality that I've had. Um, and it really helps because it helps you kind of stay in the moment and be like, this is okay. Cause it won't be forever. They will get older. Things will get a little easier. You'll have new hurdles, but maybe you won't be quite as tired. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, the, the nursing will end you know, eventually you won't have to cut up all of their food into any tiny little pieces forever. You know, it, it does get, it does get better. Um, it, it won't be such a chore to bring them with you places as it used to be. They require less stuff as they get older. Their nap schedules become more flexible as they get older. So it's just embracing. It's just a season. And that it will end and you'll kind of be sad about it. And then you'll, you'll move on. That's, that's such amazing advice. It, it really is because it's very easy to lose perspective and to just think that whatever is happening today, this is just it now forever. So it's, I'm very thankful that you brought that up and I'm, I'm glad that your mom, 
is the one that really highlighted it for you because it's true. It does. It, you, it, it just seems like forever. And it, it makes you very sad to think that this is your life and it's just going to be this. And there's, you know, I'm going to be pumping with the sheet over the windows till yeah. the day I die. <laughs> so it could seem very ominous, but it's true. It really does end. Now you were talking about some things that you're doing now and that you're finding time for yourself now. Have you ever had like what we at Twiniversity call like deal breakers? Like this is like a must do. When you went back to work, were there must do things for you? Whether it was you always had ice cream in the house because that was your, you know, your go-to or you had to go to, you know, a, a yoga class once every 45 days. Were there things that you really wanted to do that you made sure that you stayed consistent with from pregnancy till now? Mm -hmm. um, I did talk about the cooking and how, you know, most nights, especially for those first, first few months, it was just like a, you'd have to eat something. Mm -hmm. um, but after a little while, I love cooking. I really just love it. Um, it's a good like stress reliever for me. It's, um, it's a good creative outlet for me. And so, um, I did kind of say, look, I do want to actually try to cook mm -hmm. at least a couple nights a week, um, because it just helps me. It's good for me. It's good for our, it's good for our bodies. Um, so that was something that after the first few months, I was like, okay, we're going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I, I like meal planning. And I, and I realize that some people are probably like rolling their eyes. Like Karen, I hate cooking. And I understand it might be something different for you. I just happen to love cooking. Yeah. Um, and now that they're older, I really do try to cook most nights mm -hmm. and, you know, so I'll come home and I'll like give them a little snack. So they're not like, you know, pulling all over me. Um, you know, and they're like, sometimes they'll watch me or sometimes they'll help me a little bit. Um, you know, and they're like, mom, I want to do this. want to do this. And I always say non-negotiable mom's cooking right now. Like, you know, I will get to all these other things, but right now I'm trying to fuel you and I'm trying to cook because I need this after my day at work. Um, so, and then, you know, they usually don't mind because I, I try to cook some of their favorite things. Oh, I love that. I and plus they're going to learn how to cook too, which is such an unbelievable skill for every human. And I feel like it's one of those lost arts, maybe somewhere down the line. Now with working, you get a bonus commute. Do you use your commute time to do anything special? So I, I used to have a longer commute at my previous job. Um, and I just got so addicted to podcasts. I would listen to this podcast, all, all different kinds of podcasts. Um, and I, I still love them. Now I, you know, recently switched careers and I work in, um, healthcare, you know, corporate communications now. And so my commute is much, much shorter and we just moved to a house that's even closer to my work. Hmm. Um, but I still have, you know, probably a decent, you know, 30, 35 minutes a day between like home, daycare, work, daycare, home, that I get to listen to podcasts. And I love learning stuff that has like nothing to do with my regular life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like useless information. Yes. But it's a nice kind of escape. Um, and, and I listen to the news and stuff just because, you know, I, I, I like, I like listening to the news. 
Um, so that's kind of my little routine. I like podcasts. It's, it's a secret little you time that you could find and people either look at a commute with utter disgust or they're like, oh, this is the best. So it, it really depends on your personality. But if you, anytime that you could just find a minute to do something that you enjoy, even though you have to, you know, drive your car and make sure that you're getting home safe. If you could add anything into it, it's always really great. Karen, you were like the freaking rock star of this whole, and you're so calm about it, which is really nice. And I am sure that the listeners could hear that, but you're just like, this is what it is and it's going to be fine. And it's a season and I'm getting my nails done every two weeks. And I love that you are very matter of fact about it because this is the way it is. So for those that are listening now that may be, whether you're expecting or your babies are still really little, sometimes it is just what it is. And you just have to find a way to make it work instead of trying to figure out the loophole that, you know, that that may never happen. So there's no hack for everything. (laughs) No, not for every, sometimes it's just got to get done. When you meet another twin parent, what is one of the, the big like takeaways of your time as, you know, almost three years, Jesse and Virginia probably drove you nuts 27,000 times, but when you meet somebody, is there one piece of advice that you would give them that you were like, no matter what do this, or no matter what, know this? Uh, I mean, I, I would say one thing that helped is I tried my hardest to keep them on some kind of uh, sleeping schedule Mm -hmm. because, you know, if it's a gift to give to your caregivers of your kids, Um, you know, if I was home, you know, full time, then like, yeah, their nap schedules could be a little off, you know, it's fine, whatever. But like, I'm giving my children to a caregiver Mm -hmm. where there's going to be a schedule at their house. It's going to be a gift to them to say, Hey, they both woke up this morning at this time. They should normally go take their, you know, nap at this time, nap at this time. I'll pick them up here. I just feel like it's a really nice courtesy that, Mm -hmm. you know, as a working mom, you're going to give your kids to people to watch them. Um, And so having your, having them be aware of, and I realize when they're babies, you know, the awareness thing is hard, but they do become aware of some semblance of a schedule. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be crazy with the schedule. Don't let it ruin your life on the weekends. Be a little flexible. It's going to be okay. But in general, Mm -hmm. it is going to be super helpful to have them on that. um, So that your caregiver is not freaking out. Like, why are they not napping or why did blah, 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 nothing's going to work out perfectly. Um, but that's one thing that I was usually pretty regimented about. And we kind of still are, you know, they, they still love naps. They still usually go down at the same time. I wake them up at the same time. We're just usually not, we're not as strict with like, you know, bedtimes and stuff on the weekends because we want to live our lives now that they're almost three I'm not going to come home at eight o'clock every single night. Like we're going to go and do stuff. Maybe you take a 20 minute nap in the car on a Saturday because we're out doing things. So, you know, and I, I would like to think that they are okay with that, Mm -hmm. you know, because of the general schedule that they have. Yeah. I think especially at this age, it totally works. 
it just works and it's it's they're transitioning into peoplehood because they're no longer little accessories that you have to keep alive, right? They still are technically, but they now have little personalities and they're going to want to do things and they have time to explore. And you should use your weekends for things that, you know, you want to do as a family or even take them with you for things that you want to do. And just like you were at your mom's graduation, that's like, they're going to have memories like that. And so don't jip your kids of memories because of, of being too rigid with right. a schedule. So don't lose out because of that. Yes, schedule is definitely important. I'm telling you that bedtime, it's it's great. But there's definitely going to be days that you want to go apple picking or that you know you want to go stay out because the sun is not going down till nine. Like don't let it, don't let it ruin you. Right. You know, a Saturday is not going to ruin your entire week's Mm -hmm. schedule. I remember we went on family vacation when they were probably, you know, I don't know, 14 months old, something like that. And we were at a water park and it was nap time. And I could have like freaked out and we need to leave. We need to go put them down for a nap. Like, what are we going to do? It's going to mess up the whole whole schedule. But instead I was just like, okay, perspective. Can't you just you and Jacob together lie underneath of these umbrellas on the lounge chair, just put the baby on, you know, put the toddler really on your chest, cover mm-hmm. them up with a little blanket for shade and everybody take a nap. Yep. Couldn't you use it? Couldn't Amen. you use a nap? <laughs> so, Amen. And we that's actually, what we did. You know, what's funny. We have a, an article on Twiniversity that's so well read and it's all about quiet spots in Disney, because oh. if you need your kids to like take a rest, that is what you do. So we found all these spots where you could sit on a bench and your kids could take a nap right in your arms and you're just like, or in a stroller, a stroller and, and throw it over. But yeah, there's where there's a will, there's a way that's that. Oh, Karen, you're the best. You energized me today. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for playing with us today. I, I really appreciate it. I love that you listen to this too and that you uh, know who we are. That's always a, a nice little side benefit. And I can't wait to you know, follow along uh, as your 20s grow up. And I, I know that they're going to be very excited. And I, I hope that by more people working, I'm trying to get this thought out without sounding like a crazy person, but by you working, just like we said before, that everybody knows people who have great kids that work full time. But of right. course, there's that one person that sticks out in your mind. The Your kids, hopefully, will never have a second doubt about somebody that they saw in an artificial universe because they were really grazed by great parents. So it's really, I'm really excited. I'm excited, Karen. And thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Of course, this is wonderful. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. And guys, if you have questions for Karen, you could email us at community at twiniversity.com and we will pop them over to her. Or you could send us a direct message on literally any social platform and just be like, hey, I got a message for Karen. Or of course, if you have a message for us, we're always here too. Uh, Don't forget that we have our monthly memberships now. So if you are working full-time and you're struggling once a month, we meet up at lunchtime and we, the person that runs it is a twin specific lactation consultant and a social worker. So she's got the, of course, a twin mom. I always leave that out, but always assume that whoever it is that works for us is a twin mom too. So if you need anything, join us for that. It's just twiniversity.com slash memberships, and there'll be links below for more information. And until next time, guys, see you later, alligators. Thanks for joining us.